Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to The Old Men and the Three ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. You know what gets me through the home stretch of the NBA season? A solid mystery thriller, which is why I highly recommend checking out Audible. Audible lets you enjoy all your audio entertainment in one app. You'll always find the best of what you love or something new to discover. I'm currently listening to The Wager by David Grant. It's a thrilling story of shipwreck, survival, and savagery, culminating in a court-martial that reveals a shocking truth. And good news, as an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog. And new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash JJ or text JJ to 500-500. That's audible.com slash JJ or text JJ to 500-500. Welcome to The Old Man and the Three with J.J. Reddick and Tommy Alter, presented by Cash App and brought to you by 342 Productions. This is episode 83, P.J. Tucker and our good friend Shea Serrano. Tommy, we have an amazing conversation with P.J. We have an amazing conversation with Shea about his new book. We're going to do a draft with him. We should address one thing real quick. This seems obvious, but I announced that I will be joining ESPN as an NBA analyst for this coming season. Excited about this. It's going to be amazing. I'll be doing mostly studio work. I'm hoping to do some games as well. We're going to try to fit me in where where they can. This is in no way going to interfere with the pod. Really good Twitter reaction from this. I was Every once in a while, you drop one of these tweets and it'll just blow up. And people were coming out of the woodwork yesterday. People that didn't even know like they've never talked about you publicly or anything like that. And they were like, oh my God, so excited for you, which is cool. It meant a lot to me. It was similar to the retirement announcement. The yeah. People just, the outpouring of support, congratulations, love, all that stuff, well wishes. It's pretty cool, man. It's better than when you announce something and nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so I'll be, I'll be starting next week and... I'll try as best we can when I know my schedule for ESPN. I will try on this pod to alert our listeners and our viewers about when I will be on ESPN and what I will be doing. But I'm really excited about this. It's going to be awesome. You guys are still going to get probably, arguably, the best player-to-player interviews in basketball on this pod. Yeah, That is not going to change. And it does not change with this PJ Tucker episode. PJ, by the way, this is his first time doing a podcast. He left it all on the table. He left it all on the table. Well, I will say this, and we've talked about this. We've said it on the show before, but we've talked about it amongst ourselves, you know, going back since we started. Us being able to do these in person takes it to another level because PJ, he was just comfortable. He just was, he, we were, we were hanging and we were, uh, you know, and that's how you get. That's how you really get these stories out. And so it's really exciting, I think, for us. 
as the season goes forward to be able to do more and more of this is that, you know, the COVID protocols are starting to be lifted a bit and things like that. Absolutely. It also helps that I brought a bottle of 1996 Grand Cru Red Burgundy yeah, from... Romani Saint Vivant. He, he was on. Uh, he was on one. <laughs> yeah, we, we all that helps. we all were. <laughs> that helps. We that helps. are also going to be joined uh, at the end of this episode by our good friend, friend of the pod, Shay Serrano. Shay is a three-time New York Times best-selling author. His new book was released this week, Hip Hop and Other Things. And I'm sure like all his other books, it'll be wildly entertaining, informative, thought-provoking, and all that stuff. Uh, excited for the draft we have with him. It's pretty open-ended. I think we should get to our conversation with my guy, PJ Tucker. Let's get it. PJ, thank you so much for being with us. We're adhering to some, uh, apparently some safety protocols. So we're across the room from each other, <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. No doubt about it, man. My first podcast. I'm, I'm happy to be here. And I, uh, I know we, we talk on Instagram. I follow your, your page. So I know you're a red burgundy guy. So I brought you a nice bottle of red burgundy in honor of you being here. Really appreciate it. Um, we should start with the lifestyle stuff because <laughs> <laughs> I think more than maybe any player we've had on the pod, you're you're as known as much for your swag as you are for your game. And there's a number of things, cars, fashion, uh, shoes, of course, wine. Have you always been this way with collectibles? Yeah, no, because I've always, like that was like the initial like uh, like why like hooping like you know what I'm saying it was like my way out take care of my family but I like nice stuff <laughs> I'm I'm because I like nice stuff I'm working really hard because I want to buy everything yeah. did you have a did you have a first purchase like a crazy first purchase that you look back on now still I didn't because of my my entry into it like I wasn't like. You know, I wasn't first round. Like me and JJ, same class. So yeah, I went. I went second round. So it was like you know, really humble beginning. Like, like I had to grind through it to get it. You know what I'm saying? So that was even more so the reason. Like it was like once you got it, an adult. Like, yeah. yeah, like yeah, it wasn't like a young guy get it and then just do some crazy stuff. Tommy, I'm actually glad you you asked that question, and I was hoping this would come up organically. So I'm gonna bring <laughs> it up. I'm gonna bring it up. So. End of my rookie year, end of our rookie year in the NBA. Yeah. I'm back in North Carolina. I land at RDU. I'm in the Southwest. I think it was in the Southwest yep. Terminal. Yep. Baggage claim. I'm waiting on my sister to come pick me up. And PJ, who again, we're rookies, rolls up in a red Bentley <laughs> with red rims. <laughs> so I can say... I can say PJ has been like this from day one. <laughs> AJ, I'm not going to lie. I knew you were going to tell the story when I got here. I'm like, he is 1,000% telling the story. <laughs> His face when he see me like, like, he was like, he was just like, like okay. Like, yeah. it was just like, okay. It was right. impressive. Right, it was yep. impressive. Yep. Um, I was reading something earlier today. Basically, you have... You have shoes in storage in like seven or eight different, 
different cities. Mm-hmm. You've moved around a little bit over the last, you know, 10, 10 years, let's call For it, sure. of your career. Phoenix, yep. Houston, Milwaukee, Miami. Toronto. You're from Raleigh. Um, how do you sort of logistically navigate <laughs> all of your collectibles? And wine, too, because we were just talking. Yeah, no, wine the shoes aren't bad. Like, the shoes are, shoes are easy. It's the wine. Because you get, you know, you get traded or something. More, more times than not, if it's not, you know, obviously the trade deadlines, normally in the summertime when you're switched and moving wine in dead summer in Texas or North Carolina is not a good thing. Especially not old wine. Like, really, like yeah, I mean, it's going to burn up. It's going to burn up. But, but, but. With all of the sneakers, that isn't a challenge at all in terms of- It is, but it isn't, right? So I built um, this huge shoe kind of thing in my house in North Carolina. So that's when the first place I built my house in North Carolina, I built this out. Now I even posted it, I think, a bunch of like in the beginning, sent it up and then um, moving our stuff from Phoenix into that house, a lot of my stuff went there, but all of it didn't. So I left shoes in a storage in Phoenix. So and that's how it kind of started from there. And then everywhere else I went after that, went to Houston. I ended up buying a shoe house. Now this, I have a house that just stores all of my shoes where I would say 70% of my shoes are in there. They're all stored in there, but I still got storage there in Phoenix, still North Carolina where the house was. Like, So it's it just gets tough trying to find certain stuff, but more times than not, my assistant, he'd go to a city, go through the stores. I, find I have it. a question about the logistics of the Houston shoe house. So yeah. <laughs> like, is there someone who's operating it all the time? Like, yeah, 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 my assistant, he's always there. So he's temperature, just like, temperature controlled like a wine Yeah, cellar. no, it's just <laughs> on temperature control for sure. So this <laughs> no is just doubt. like a museum. I mean, like for like, there's a lot of sneakerheads that definitely like listen to the show or watch the show or whatever. Like right. if they walked in there. It's just grails. A lot of it's grails. Just, it's just shoes everywhere. Yeah. Like literally, it's do you a cat- shoe house. Do you catalog everything? No. No. I know everything but is. But you know every shoe you I have. I know every shoe. I know where everything is. I have an idea where everything is for the most part, but always we getting, like I do this every day, right? Like every every day is something with shoes going to happen with me. Like I'm going to buy somebody's collection. We're going to do something. We're going to, it's like somebody emailed us. Somebody did something. So we'll, every morning, uh, something with shoes every day. That's amazing. Yeah, that's it's amazing. crazy. I'm glad you got to this point, and I want to go back to the end of your rookie year, the end of our rookie year, and I don't know the story actually of of how you you played in Toronto your rookie year and how you sort of ended up overseas. And you, I think I wrote it down, but I think you played in like five different five, countries. Yes, yeah, five. It was like five and four years. Yeah, um, it was so crazy, right? Because I, I don't think I've ever even told a story. I don't think so. I don't think I've ever told a story. Um, but my rookie year was so tough. I had a really tough, and you know how it is, JJ. Like, if you go to, like, uh, I don't know, like, like Draymond Green went to the perfect situation, right? It was like he fit in. It's, like, perfect. Or you can go to situations where you just don't fit, right? Like, I went to a situation where we had a bunch of wings, four threes, fours. Like, we had a bunch of wings. It just was a lot of guys, and they were all vets. It was some guys trying to find their way. But everybody played, and so me coming in that mix, it just nobody was helping me, right? <laughs> it was like I was like competition, so um, and I didn't play, and that was that was tough for me, like not getting a chance to really play because uh, you know come from college, you're all American, all these things. You go to NBA, and you're thinking, all right, now I'm about to do it here, and you don't. Um, 
I did not react to that well. I didn't. I was terrible. I was really bad. Like I would. I mean, I was just. I was show right before practice. I would. I mean, I, I was just doing whatever I wanted. Like I was like, I'm not playing. I don't care. You know, not knowing <laughs> that they'll they'll cut you. Like they'll let you go. You know, like. And it's funny now because I try to help so many young guys now that when I see them acting like me or doing stuff, I'll be like all over them. Like, nah, like not letting me go down that path. So, um, but I got to the end of that year and uh, I got called in for a meeting. I was in the G League. I came back. Uh, they sent me down. I came back. It's like April, right before the playoffs. Playoffs about to start. And uh, Sam is just one coach of the year. We're doing pretty good. Um, and they called me in for a meeting, and I walk up, and everybody's sitting in there. I mean, the GM, the president, they're all, Colangelo, they're all sitting in there. It's like, like, what's up? Like, coach in there. They got, like, the TV, right? And they, like, show before the game, during the game, and after the game, just showing me on the bench. Pre-game, they, like, had it. They, they, they taped it all. It was terrible. I, to this day, it, it makes me sick to my stomach thinking about it. Because of the way you were portrayed, or because they actually did that? Because of because, because you of wish you could have been better. Oh no, yeah, nothing yeah. about them. They yeah. should have. I am. That is the best thing they I've, like that ever happened to me in my life. Wow. Because it was like, like I couldn't. I couldn't. That's why. And that was probably why I ain't told the story because I couldn't tell my mom that I couldn't. It was like it's no. Like come on. Like I'm an adult. Nobody can judge me harder than I judge myself. And that was the first time I like seen myself in that light. And I was like, okay. Did you realize it at the time or did it? No, of course not. So it was like, like you I'm, weren't being intentional about it. You weren't no, intentionally I trying wasn't. to be an I asshole. I really wasn't. But it's just, if nobody helps you, but I didn't have vets on the team, guys on there like grabbing me, like, like you know, how we do younger guys now. Uh, if I would have somebody, maybe I wouldn't have. But I didn't know because nobody told me. No guys, nobody, you know, it just wasn't like that. Did they cut you right after the season? They cut they, me before the playoffs, like right going into the playoffs. Basically, like, like last week of the season. After that meeting. Yeah, sometime basically after like right after that. And so did you wait around to see if any deals would come up or did you immediately just to say, I'm going to go overseas and play? I immediately wanted to go overseas. Right away. Like uh, I got some Kevin, like we started, started talk, started. I was like, I'm out. Yeah. I got an offer. I was out. And that was because you wanted to play. You I were like, I just want to hoop. I want to play. Yeah, I want to play. So I was gonna, I was gonna ask about this. You killed overseas. You know, you 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 won. I think two league finals MVP, two yep. league championships. Yep. One in Israel, one in Germany. Yep. Um, sort of the second time around. Besides that part of it, and I and I was hoping you sort of touched on that because it is a mindset shift you have to make when you don't succeed early on in right. your career. Do you think there was anything else with the way the league was changing that helped you have more success the second time around? Because oh. when, we, when we were drafted, you were sort of positionless. 1,000%. And in the last 10 years, it's like, <laughs> that's a strength now. Oh, yeah. Whereas in 06, that was a weakness. I talk about that all the time. And that, that term, man, that tweener, like that was the term, right? Like they didn't know. When we got drafted, it was like – like, yeah, you can play, but we don't really know what you are, so just kind of figure it out. Like, I don't – like, they didn't – they really – because all four men were, like, KG, like, back to the basket, face up. They could shoot, but it was, like, 6'11", 
you know, that prototypical four man, Tim Duncan, it was like that. Like everybody, we had Bargnani with me in my rookie year. Uh, and all the three men were like, you know, like T-Mac, like, you know, uh, Vince Carter. It was like those type of guys, athletic, long. Like, so when you kind of just were in the middle, you really were like, it was tweeners. So you just didn't, didn't fit and nobody really understood it. And the second go at it is weird because um, at, at the time I still didn't know. I was still trying to figure it out. I came back um, when I signed with the Suns. I was pissed because I just got my biggest deal, a multi-year deal in Europe. I was going to Russia. Uh, my wife and my agent talked me into staying, and I was really mad actually going into Phoenix, which was stupid. No, I'm sorry, obviously. <laughs> but um, uh, even then, coming back, I still didn't know, right? Like, I didn't know. I was I was a much better player. I was smarter. I knew how to be a pro. I knew how to play. Um, but I still didn't know where they were going to play me. But I was I was prepared to be anywhere, right? Like, I overseas, I played center sometimes. I played power forward. I played point guard. I played everything over there. So it was – that kind of knowledge of knowing how to play and what to do uh, that I think helped me even through the years, like especially those early years on, being able to just kind of fill spots. Somebody's down, oh, I can play that spot. You know, I can, I can, I know how to play but, some every position. But so like you said, you were, you were, you were pissed before you got to Phoenix. Like was there, when you were overseas, was there a, did you have that like burning desire like I got to get back into the league to prove myself or was like I'm good I'll stay here I've for never, I that was my one thing I would have like teammates like when you're over there there's like like guys always like especially Americans they like watch their uh the computers and watch games watch NBA games I couldn't do it I couldn't watch NBA games I never watched NBA games I couldn't do it so you were completely focused on where you were and what you were doing there was no NBA was out of was, sight, out of mind. I was so heartbroken that I couldn't watch NBA games. I see JJ, I see everybody, all the guys that I went, I was in my class. Like it was like, I was like a let, like to like I let myself down. Yeah. But I think that's what like pushed me over there to be so good too, and really lock in to where I was at and lock in to give those guys everything I had because I let myself down here. You know what I'm saying? So you, it was kind of the. Did you have any moments over there, like? Euro basketball is just different. Everything about it is different. Yes. Did you have any moments where you were like, all right, like this is different than the NBA. This is different than college. Like I'm just in a, I'm almost in a different world. Yeah. Right when you get there, you know that. They're going to they're call walk on you so much. Your first, the, the American, they, any American first gets there, they're going to call walk on you every time you, if you catch the ball and like jab and try to make a move, they're going to call walk. Yeah, I learned to put the ball down. Like it's a different game. It is. It, right away, it's a different game, and it's so deep. Like, you – like, I went places I never imagined I would be, like, playing basketball. It was like <laughs> – I had moments. Like, I retired, like, four times. <laughs> I was on a bus ride in Ukraine. I called my agent. I got – put my – it was back in the day. I turned on my roaming on my phone. On my <laughs> You have to turn on roaming. Back then, you turn it on. Got a signal, and I called my agent. I was like, I'm done. I'm not playing anymore. I'm on a bus ride right now in western Ukraine, and it's daytime, but it's dark, and I can't <laughs> see anything, and I want to come home, and I'm done. I'm sorry for laughing. I really am. <laughs> it was, it's crazy. I'm not, I'm not laughing because it's necessarily funny, but it's just it's, I'm laughing more because of where you are right now. It's crazy. It's fucking crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. I tell these stories and people are like, man, you're, I'm like, no, listen, bro, you have no idea 
I played a game in Siberia and it was like three feet of ice everywhere outside and there was a game in the middle. I have no idea where I was at in Siberia. Wow. <laughs> Speaking, going back to my, my original question about sort of uh, positionless uh, basketball and why that's been such a strength for you the last 10 years. I was thinking about it in the bubble. You were starting for Houston at the five. Yes. And then a year later, you're starting in the NBA finals at the three. Yeah. And you can just sort of sort of shift in wherever you can guard twos, you can guard fives. And it's a beautiful thing. And I'm wondering too about that transition from your rookie year when you weren't playing, maybe being a little hard headed, to when you came back and your development then as an NBA player right. and and embracing a role. It's it's a common theme we sort of bring up on the show when we talk to certain guys, because it's a really hard thing to do. There are games and I looked at game six box score. You played 36 minutes. You had the highest plus minus on the team. You took one shot. So there's something that you have to give up in order to reach sort of a, a maximum value, which seems like a paradox, but it's true. It's the number one thing I talk about. Without a doubt, it is people will never understand. And I'm so glad you brought this up. Like I was telling one of our young guys the other day, Cause he asked me, he was like, yo, you, he's like, yo, you just played 38 minutes, you shot the ball twice. I said, go back, look in the finals, game six, the game winning game. I didn't score a basket. I shot the ball one time. I played 40 minutes, 40 minutes. Do you know how hard it is to play as hard as I play and to play defense every possession and run after every 50-50 ball and be the most communicative talking person and not do anything that Everybody, what, not doing anything that's gonna show up on anybody's highlight film. Like, not make, like, it's the hardest thing in the world. And the funny thing is, um, I never, in the moments, I never feel it. It's, it's, it's weird. I never feel it because I'm doing, I'm trying to do so much to help everybody else be the best player they can be and to help our team be the best team that we can be that. Even in those moments where you be like, I know a lot of guys are like, oh man, I ain't in the second quarter, I ain't touched the ball, I ain't shot, I ain't got no rhythm. It's like that taking that that second to think that is you're not prepared. You're not ready. Cause now it's how play's gonna happen and you're not gonna be there because you're thinking about something else. So it's like tricking yourself to lock in every moment and not worry about things like that because um I I actually Let's pretend in an alternate universe that I was not 6'4 with a 6'3 wingspan. And I was 6'6 with a 6'8 wingspan. Oh and I God. had to play your role. No, but I had to play your role. And you can shoot like you I, Yeah, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I can't do the stand there. I've got to move. I get antsy. The, the waiting for the swing pass in the corner on offense, I will go nuts. <laughs> I will go fucking nuts. And I think... Salary aside, and for your peers, of course, you're widely respected across the NBA. But in some ways, what you do is a thankless job. Do oh, you without ever a feel that way? Oh, for sure. <laughs> nobody, hey, dude, nobody cares. Jason. You know, it. like, it'll be like, oh, no, you're, you're great. Like, whatever. And like, it's, it is a thankless job. Like, you got to get used to nobody really caring. Like, is it ever, do you ever feel, because I, 
uh, I was going to bring up Game Seven against Kevin <sighs> in the in the Nets series, and I I was sitting I was sitting right behind uh, his mom and Rich climbing and watching the game up close. I mean, you were in his shit the whole game. He was hitting ridiculous shots. And I'm thinking to myself, like, PJ's done this now for six nights. He did it in the first series. He's going to do it in the next series. You did it in the finals. And you're going against, you're guarding literally the best offensive players in the world. And that night, I just thought to myself, PJ Tucker could not have played better defense tonight. And Kevin had what he ended up with forty seven or forty eight. Yeah, fifty points. Bro. Yeah, called it called it fifty, 50 ball. Fifty okay. ball. Fifty ball. At times, does it feel like an exercise in futility? Like there's nothing you can do against no, the best players. Because if world. I if, if I felt yeah. like that, then I couldn't do it. Yeah. Do you get discouraged? I guess is a better question. No. Because it's like okay, you oh man, that was incredible. You made that. Now do it again. Now do it again. Because I'm not gonna stop. I'm not gonna stop, and that was the that was the that was the conver- that was the confrontation. But we do that, dude. Me and him, like, ever since I've known him, we've done that forever. Like, it's I'm, and I kept telling, I'm like, and we're talking shit, you know. It's like whatever. I'm like, he's like, stop hacking me. I'm like, I'm not gonna stop. Like, as like we got face to face. I'm not going anywhere. Like, it's that tricking myself because he's killing me. Like, he's he's got fifty. He's gonna score fifty. I'm telling my teammates, he's going to score 50. Y'all guard y'all, man. He's going to score. But how many, t- how, many, how many shots is he going to take him? How hard is he going to – I'm going to make him work harder than anybody. I'm going to work him because he's going to score. <laughs> like, and then you, I'm telling you, you have to trick yourself. Like, We asked Drew this when Drew came on after you guys won the finals. Did you think the shot was a three? The shot to tie at the I, end of regulation? I'm not going to lie, man. When he turned – I just kind of, and you can see my face. I'm like, oh my God. Cause I like to close that distance with him. It's like, cause he's so like, he's, like, you know, he's so long. He's so, he's so tall. Like you, if I can't get in his body and I can't really affect him, then he's like, it's nothing else to do. And he got that space. It was a great move. And I didn't have time to look at his feet. I really didn't. I'm, I'm trying so hard to get there to try to give any kind of contest I can. And, so I didn't know. All I know is when I turned and looked, I knew it was like it was. It was in. It was. It, I knew it. I seen it. It was. It was crazy. I read a story about uh, when you were at Texas and he came to visit. Oh my god! And he god. came with you. So you knew then that he was going to be like. Listen, this. man. I knew then. I knew he was a junior in high school. That he's the best player in the world. Really? And I'm not just saying it. Like it's not like. Yeah, like Kobe's my favorite. Like, uh, yeah, whatever. Like, guys, maybe not at the time, but you knew. Yeah, at it's some like point he's he gonna, gonna be, be like, there, yeah. yeah, he's like one of those guys. Like, he's one of those guys right now. Like that day, I was like, why is he coming here? <laughs> he has no business stepping foot on this campus. Like, he really a junior high school destroy. We were, mind you, Texas and Duke were one and two that year. Like preseason, it's gonna come up later. Yeah. <laughs> no way. There's, there's no way this we is not gonna. Oh we're not gonna leave this out oh of the way now. Oh my no. God. It'll come up later. Don't worry. We're like high as ever. Like we're like one of one of two best teams in, in the country. This kid's coming in. It's like whatever, dog. I mean, he just everything he does right now. He was doing it. He's passing half, and like I remember Lamarcus like standing like 
feet on the three-point line. He just like, as he pulled up, it was so much, it was like, I literally looking at it like, what, hold on. Driving by guys, dunking, like it was crazy. It was like a video game. <laughs> like seriously, nobody could guard him. I had a similar experience. It was right after uh, his rookie year. And he had a good rookie year. I think he won rookie of the year. But he had like, it was inefficient. He, I think he shot around 40%. It was not the Kevin Durant right. we know today. Right, 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 right. He was figuring things out as right. a rookie. Um, but I was with the USA basketball team, the national team that summer, mm-hmm. as they were all doing training camp and got to play with them for a couple of weeks. And at the end of that camp, they were like, Kevin, you're not going to be on the team. But you knew then, after those two weeks, that he was going to be, like, he's going to be a top five player right. within the next two or three years. You could right. see it then. Right. Um, serious question. There's a video on Instagram. Your back is turned in game seven. So you can't really tell what you are saying to Wanda, to his mother. And then she says back, I love you too. Did you say I love you or did you just blow a kiss? Because from my vantage point on the sideline, all I saw was you blowing a kiss. So I was talking (laughs) crazy. And she was like, I was in him. I had got him a few times, like real, like some, some tough hits. She was like, you're not, he's not playing basketball. He playing football. He out there tackling them, blah, blah. She's going at me. She's going at me. Somebody's shooting a free throw. She's going at me. And I hear her. I hear her. I hear her. I stand there. And I turn around. And I said, I love you, mom. <laughs> and she, I mean, right in stride, she says, I love you too. Like it was, and I can't believe like TNT caught it. Like they, they really it caught it. They it was, it, it was crazy how they caught it and the timing of it. But it was, that was for sure my moment of the playoffs. That was. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, we should talk a little bit about the Bucks run. Before we get to that, though, um, right after I got traded to Dallas, I was in the hotel room, and I ran into you in the hallway. You had just been <laughs> traded to Milwaukee. And we can cut this so we, I don't <laughs> care. No, this is this, man, I don't mean to just meet in the craziest places, look, man. I know. And I, we start chatting or whatever. You, I think I was coming back from my COVID testing. Yep. Because I had to test with you guys. Yep. That and night I was on my I way down. Just got into town. Yep. And you were testing uh, uh, with with you know the Bucks or whatever, and ran into each other. We chatted for like ten minutes, and you said to me, "I really thought I was getting traded to Miami." That's what you said. I told you that. And I probably said. I really didn't expect I was getting traded to Dallas <laughs> or something, <laughs> you did, like, something that. like that. You did. <laughs> or something like that. And it's crazy how it works out. You end up getting traded to Milwaukee. You win a championship. And we can talk about the exit from Milwaukee if you want, but you end up going to Miami. Then I end up in Miami. It's wild. It's crazy. It's crazy. Which it was this, those, it was those two, right? So, but the way things were looking, it was, I thought Miami was gonna be, like it was, the, all the signs were, all the telltale yeah. signs were saying Miami at the time. This is back in March. This is like yeah. in March. Yeah. And then the Milwaukee thing just happened like, it was like boom, it just happened. And I was like, wait, what happened? Oh, wait, it was literally like, it, I really didn't think, I didn't think so. They called, had a conversation, done. When did you get a sense with that team in the playoffs that you're like, cause you've been through this 
this war a bunch of times. Right. So more than, you know, a lot of your teammates on that team. So like, when did you get a sense that, oh, we, oh wait, we actually, like we might have it. Like we might be able to take this somewhere. All right, let's keep it real. Like two weeks ago, every team in the NBA is talking about they got a shot. All right, listen, it's six, it's like six teams that really got a chance to win a championship, right? Let's cut the BS. Like everybody talks about it. It's six teams that really got a chance, right? You go through the season and you have highs and lows, but you'll get a good feel of your team and where you kind of stack up. And, you know, if you can, if you can really match up and be able to go at it with some of the best teams. And if you are one of those best teams, um, we felt like we were a really good team. But when I got there, they are, I mean, obviously most of those guys have been there. Me and Drew, Drew just getting there. Then I'm coming. It's like figuring it out. Uh, honestly, because Dante wasn't hurt yet, so it was like it wasn't enough minutes for everybody at first because we had a lot of guys. Like we had, we really did. We were deep. We had a really deep team, um, and so they were still trying to figure it all out. You know, so every night somebody wasn't happy. It was just you know whatever. You dropped a few games, won some games, but you still don't know, right? <laughs> you start the playoffs and you go through the rounds, and. Uh, for better or worse, like you, like the confidence you gain and lose through series, uh, the Brooklyn series. I'm not gonna lie, that was hands down the hardest thing I've ever done, um, physically, mentally. Like that was a really, I don't think I'll ever. That was like, you know, hopefully, the, if I the get ups that this and downs year, of that series were crazy. It's, un, it's the most craziest yeah. thing ever. You know, all the drama, all the talking, all the. It was just so much. Um, and to win that series and still have two more series to play to win the NBA championship. I'm not going to lie. After game seven, I was like, like, wait, like, wait we still got to play some more. <laughs> like, we got, I we thought got, that was the championship. Dog, like, it felt that way. So when you still, and then, I mean, two totally different series from that and from each other with Atlanta and Phoenix, but it was still the same. Like, it was just, I'm trying to explain it because you can't, it's hard, man. When you when you go through it and the emotion that goes through it, like you can't, it's hard to like duplicate it and, and express like that yeah. that feeling of it because um, the, the ups and downs, the emotional ups and downs of it is like the craziest relationship you've ever been in your life or something. Like, I don't know, it's, it's crazy. Unfortunately, I can't understand the feeling you had when you had a championship. <laughs> but I, 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 there's, I, there's a... a very specific series in my career that was like that series. And that was the first round in fi 15 when the Clippers played the Spurs. Yes. We went that seven. crazy. We literally both teams threw haymakers. And the ups and downs, the emotional, we had multiple elimination games. We had we had to win game six, six on the road yep. in San Antonio. I, remember, I watched every game of that series. And I, I hit a couple of shots late, and then Chris hit the game winner. Yep. Uh, Kawhi's got like a tip in and Matt Barnes deflects the ball we win and like I'm on the court and it's the first round <laughs> and I'm like whoa are tears coming <laughs> are tears coming because <laughs> it was so emotional that series was so Crazy. emotionally draining and then I'm walking off the court and Aaron Tellum who's now with the Pistons but was my agent for the first 10 or 11 years of my career he comes over and he gives me a hug. I'm so fucking proud of you. And like, I literally, I'm like, oh fuck, I'm gonna cry. I get back. I gotta get to the locker room. <laughs> and it's it's inexplainable, but it's I think it's 
Brooklyn, uh, you know, was good enough to win a championship. That year, San Antonio was good enough to win a championship. We were good enough to win a championship. So when you beat a team in seven games in an up-and-down series like that, the emotions are just it's it's exhausting at it's the end. It's exhausting. You're done. It is, man. It is. And no and people don't understand that. Like they like you watch it. That's one thing, man. When you plan and you like you down 0-2, and then you go on the road and you rally, and then you go back home and lose, and then you gotta go on back on the road. It's like the day after day after day, your family, everybody talking, media. Sports Center, everybody. The overreactions, so much. the overreactions in your case after game one of that series against Brooklyn. Oh. You have to deal with that. You guys get and blown the game, out. And game yeah. five. And game, game five. Game five. Back, game yeah. five was the one. Game five was the one where it was like, okay. It's like, all right. Did you, did, was there a part of going, like going back to the Houston experience? Like I was talking before about how like you just had a little more experience dealing with this than like the rest of your teammates where – Obviously, you didn't come out on top in those series, but those series were also very similar. For sure. That those swings were happening in those Warriors Crazy. Games. So, like, like, how do you stay measured? How do you basically not – obviously, you're not going to care about the TV and everything like that, but how do you not, like, emotionally, you know, kind of get down when you have, like, a game five like this where you blow a big lead and all of a sudden your back's against the wall? I'm telling you, you got to – like, for me, it's like I trick myself, man, because I don't watch any of the TV, like – I don't hear anybody talking. My people around me know I don't want to talk about it. It's like you, you got to trick yourself to like, to this weird, you got to put yourself in this weird place where you're just like mentally like, you know, zero, zero, give everything you got, do everything you can do, you know, play, play do everything you can do to help this team win and whatever happens, happens. And that's what you got to just in your heart accept that and go out and try to do it because if you put that pressure on yourself to try to like oh it's must win we got it like it's you're you you're, you're gonna go over and you're gonna be terrible you're not gonna guard anybody and you're gonna be bad probably so I was, play i was thinking about uh your houston teams versus those warrior teams and then i was thinking about that bucks net series specifically Night after you guys won did you have any thoughts of the amount of luck that is involved yes. in winning a championship? No doubt about it. You, you know, you're up 3-2 against Houston that first year with CP, your first year in Houston too, and a minute 30 to go, whatever it was, CP <sighs> blows his hamstring out. You're even up, I think, big in game six and game seven in the first half. Double digits. Yeah, and lose those games. Kyrie gets James gets hurt in that series for Brooklyn. Kyrie gets hurt in that series for Brooklyn. You guys end up winning a championship. Not to discredit anyone's championship by any means. No doubt. No doubt. But there's always a little bit of luck or unluckiness involved. It's me winning this year made me it made me finally let go of everything I, I held in from Houston. Though that because that like when you lose like that, is like you it's you can't control it. Like you're gonna it's gonna be in your heart. Like that, like <laughs> like there's nothing, there's nothing nobody can tell me that we if Chris doesn't get hurt that we don't win, right? Like you don't like of course they won and you know, whatever. What happened happened. But in my heart for years, like it's like Chris don't go down, we win. If Chris don't go down, we win. He was playing insane 
he was lights out. He's lights out. And it's it's one of those things. And then winning everything Brooklyn, what, like watching Brooklyn go through that, right? And then on the flip, we go the Atlanta series and Giannis goes out. And it was like that to me again, right? Like I like, I was like, oh man. <laughs> like, nah, this ain't happening again. Like, nah, come on. Not like the same thing. Like Western Conference Finals, like, I'm like, there's no way. And to see our team rally that game five and six was incredible. It was inspiring. It really was because to watch Brooke just like kick the door down like, oh, like I've been waiting for this. Like Brooke, it was almost like Brooke Lopez was like really like, okay, I'm ready. Like, don't worry, guys. Like Brooke went crazy. Nothing, like he didn't do anything that he don't normally do, but it right. was like, you know, it was just heavy dose of Brooke, and he the was super so good. Size Nets version of Brooke oh Lopez. man, yeah. bro, Brooke was it was the it was the old Nets Brooke, <laughs> yeah. like where he was like unstoppable, like nobody could guard him. He's just it, it was amazing. But uh, I feel like I had to go through that to get to that. If that makes sense that for makes me sense. and my journey, yeah. I feel like the experience and everything. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. That sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I've ranted about this before, but I mean it. I miss the days when coaches wore suits to games, like Pat Riley. He just knew how to dress. And you can too, thanks to Indochino. Indochino makes fully customized suits that don't require a trip to the tailor to get that perfect fit. Measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom. Wear your new look right out of the box and stay out of your budget's red zone with custom suits starting at just $3.99. I'm calling finals games now, and my plan is to outdress the legend Mike Breen. That's going to be a difficult task. I just got this navy suit from Indochino, and I did all my measurements online. I was able to customize the fabric, so it's just right for my skin. The process was super fast, and I was especially impressed by that pricing. And if you need a suit but don't know where to begin, Indochino tells you what's in style, so you're not guessing when choosing customizations. So think of Pat Riley and level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use code OLDMAN to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O.com with code OLDMAN. We touched on the ups and downs of the playoffs for you guys with Drew. You know, the Atlanta series being down, of course the Brooklyn series being down, losing first two games against Phoenix before winning four in a row. You went through that emotional roller coaster in the semis. What's what's that release for you after game six? What are you, what's going through your mind? Like there's gotta be a level of just a weight off your shoulder that I, I, I'm assuming it's just impossible to describe. It's so crazy, man, because it took everybody and like that feeling of like that unity of that group, right? We hadn't been together long, 
know, Drew just got there. I just got like it was, but it was like when you come together at a time and the focus and how locked in everybody was every night from being down twice in two series and you know people counting you out. Everybody saying we can't do it. There's no way. Being down in the finals, 0-2, like that, like to see guys lock in game three and four, and then go to Phoenix and like that was four in a row. Like you, like nobody, nobody thought that. Like it, so you go through all those moments like in like five seconds, right in your head. It's like <laughs> it's like it's like a crazy fast forward, and it's just like that. I mean, cause I got the last rebound, right, and I'm dribbling it out, and it was just like. Like everything you've been through in your basketball career just like falling off. It was like everything just just falling off your shoulders. That's that's what it felt like. Wow. Did you do like we were talking about earlier, did you do like any immediate like introspection about like thinking about when you were in Siberia? Or like when you were in all of these crazy because your your journey, even with all of your other teammates, I mean, Giannis has obviously had a crazy route right. to get there and everything like that, but your basketball journey was definitely different than everybody else right. that had a ring. And so when you're like in the locker room afterwards, you're like, I cannot believe that I'm in this moment. I I haven't got to that point yet, right? Because I don't. Cause to me, it's like when I get there, then it's like I'm done. Like I'm. I don't yeah. want to think about that till I'm done. Like I'm yeah. still in the journey. I'm still fighting. I'm still going through it. Um, and I always say, once I got done, then I'll kind of you know get to that. Uh, but I did. I said um, I'm not supposed to be here, right? It's like that. They said I wasn't. I couldn't and I shouldn't and all that stuff. And it's like the guys, it's not for me, it's for guys that are coming behind me, right? Like all the the six five, six six guys that, you know, play of the year at college, doing all the stuff, really good college players, but just don't translate to being pros. And now these guys being guys that pros, that all the professional scouts are looking for because – they can handle the ball. They can pass. They can they can do multiple things. They're not the size, but they can guard guys that size. And like, just, and they got the heart. You know, it's like all the intangibles. Like, it's, you're one of the blueprints for those guys now, right? You yeah. know, and be and I take pride in that. Like, that's a that's a big deal for me because I know what it felt like them saying that I wasn't supposed to be here. How drunk were you at the championship parade? Scale I'm, of one to ten. Listen. JJ, listen, I'm gonna tell you, like, I'm gonna tell you right now. I went like, I don't think I slept for like five days straight. <laughs> Have y'all, I mean, you've been to Milwaukee, obviously. Have you ever been to Milwaukee in the summer, like when it's nice out? No, nah, no. Nah. M- Milwaukee's actually a nice place. And I love Milwaukee. Milwaukee is really nice, actually. In the summertime, it is delightful. And when the Bucks are winning, it's even better. And that crowd was wild. I couldn't pay for a drink for, I mean, like you, I mean, it's like the bar, like they got crazy bars and stuff. It's like a million of them. And you know me, I mean, I'm from North Carolina. Like I literally just like walked. I didn't get in the car. Like we just walked up the streets and just went. And I just enjoyed it with the fans because I knew how much it meant to them. Like. Yeah. It could never mean as much to me as it meant to them. Like, they just, it was incredible. And by the time I got to the parade, you got to think who I play with, too. Like, all right, JJ, let's, all right. Like, Giannis, nah. uh, Chris Middleton, no. Like, Chris is like, yeah. Uh, Drew, no. Like, it's, not, it's not like really. all really. these, like, the best dudes you'll ever meet in your life, right? Mind you, like, all these guys. Yeah amazing people like the best people best kind of people and then there's me like 
I'm the guy, right? I'm like, all right, okay, okay, okay. This is the parade, guys. Like, I've watched parades. Like, this is not what, we're not going out like this. <laughs> we're not going out like this. JJ, we're not going out like this. So the parade, I'm already like still stuck from the night before. So it's like 10 in the morning. Ace of Spades Spade sent me like, I don't know how many, like these huge like Jillabons of freaking Ace of Spades. Like, it, I had so much champagne, right? So I like packed all the buses with it. And we're having fun. We're spraying it at first. And I'm like, all right. Let's go. It's time to turn this up. And Chris Milton's like, Tuck. He's like, Tuck, no, please, no, please. And I just went crazy. When you gave your speech, was your buzz peaking? Was it waning? Was it steady? I was, I was just uh, about to get there. I wasn't there yet. I was like <laughs> right there. And so, the, like, <laughs> the screaming and yelling, like I was starting to lose my voice from the parade from yelling the whole time. And so I was just right there, Jay, I'm not gonna lie. And then I had just finished one and my boy hands me this, another huge bottle. And this is like right before. So <laughs> right when I get up there, I say my name. I'm like, oh, oh, it's my turn. All right. I didn't say anything I thought I was gonna, I, I told myself I was gonna say, cause it, I was ending like that, but it ended up just being my whole speech. I forgot everything before. So that's when I knew I was drunk. And then uh, the sip was not supposed to, uh, it wasn't supposed to be that. I was gonna take a sip and then spray it, but you know it happens, happens, man. Yeah, it, it just, happens to the best yeah, of us. I mean, don't you don't you wish the NBA had like a Stanley Cup? They could like allow like, that would be like let you take it to dude, North Carolina. Oh my god, they guys do that. They they take it goes on. I mean, Giannis like kept it for the entire summer. Nobody else really got a chance. <laughs> <laughs> he took it on a world a world tour. I think he took a picture of it everywhere. Uh, but you guys get a chance to our summer. I think we had the shortest summer from the championship to like yeah start yeah. of the season, so it wasn't a lot of time. Uh, but yeah, who cares? It was speaking of Giannis. But what was the most uh, surprising thing becoming his teammate about him before uh, you got there? We I've we've had some battles like epic like going at it right. I've guarded him his whole career, so uh, to see how actually hard he works on his free throws and even like his three, like he works really hard. Dog. And I never, I mean, I just, I'm like, he just can't shoot free throws. Like, he, like, but he really works. Like we shot, I shot with him a ton. Like he, he really does. He really does. And that surprised me when I first got there, I had no idea, you know, his work, you don't know guys worth ethic if you don't play with them. Like you don't, you have no, I mean, I mean, I imagine JJ gets threes up. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how hard he works, but I'd imagine he gets a bunch of threes up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you don't know. You get there and you're like, I'm like, damn, he really works hard, dog. Like, he really works hard. I've heard that from a he number does. of people. Um, let's talk a little bit about how you ended up at Texas and your high school recruitment. <laughs> you grew up in Raleigh. There's three amazing schools and a bunch of other schools. I've known JJ for a long time, guys. This is <laughs> <laughs> uh, did did none of the North Carolina schools act, really recruit you? Is that is that a true story? That's not true. See, and everybody says like they that always comes up. I'm like, it's it's become fact now. It I feel is. Like. It is. Wake Forest. Me and Chris were supposed to go to school together. We said we were going to go to school together, right? We were like, yo, we're going to go to the same school. He committed to Wake Forest, didn't ask me. Like, he just did it. Like, he was going to Wake Forest. He's like, come on. Uh, at the time, it was junior year, my grades weren't ready to go to Wake Forest. But we were talking, talking, talking. They ended up signing some other guys. 
and I wasn't sure if I wanted to go to Wake Forest anyways. I love Coach Prosser. Uh, rest in peace. Love Coach Prosser was my guy. Uh, and then Carolina, right? Like Carolina, my AU team, we're affiliated with Carolina. It was That was my dream. My dream was to go to Carolina. I've never wanted to go anywhere else other than Carolina. So um, Matt Doherty was a the coach then, which it just wasn't. And guys that were on Carolina back then, I mean, I don't, I've never said this, but I know they don't care. They were like, don't come here. <laughs> hey, Jay, have you ever, <laughs> have you ever like, mind you, these are my guys. Like, I ain't with these guys. I know these guys. They're like, they're like, don't come here. Like, don't, like, I know you want to come here. You like, don't come here. There, there, I've heard, I've heard some stories about those, those years, the oh, transition years. Yeah. The transition you know, years, right? Until like, Roy got there. It was crazy. But being, I mean, you know, being a kid growing up there, like it was my dream. Like Shaman Williams, Stack, these are all my guys. Like they're like my brothers. So like, it was like, it hurt me not going to a North Carolina school. Like it really did. And that was like part of my like drive to going to school. It was like. It was only one scholarship that year, 03. They gave it to Rayshon Terry, who could play. Rayshon was a really good player. Uh, but it just, I was, I was, I was kind of heartbroken, really. I've never said that before to anybody, but I, I really was. And it was really a determining factor when Rick Barnes came. He was from North Carolina. Um, it, it was like one of those things. Like, and all my guys, everybody's like, JJ is a Duke. Shavik Randolph, who's my, he's like my high school rivalry. He went to Broughton right across. Uh, from Raleigh, uh, we went to middle school together. Like all these guys are going to all the, you know, all the schools, and I was like the one that had to leave. So it was like, like I felt some kind of way. Like I really did, and it was like all in me. But seeing Coach K all the time, like you know, he and Coach K would even say it, and like art, like they ask him about me. He's like, yeah, I love him, but yeah, like yeah, like no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> we should we should have recruited you. I wasn't a Duke guy, which it was fun. Like it was cool. Like you know, whatever. But uh, Clemson offered me; they were there. But that wasn't North. Like that wasn't Tobacco Road. You know, it was like whatever. Did you? Maybe do you? Do you still carry that chip? Because like a little bit, a little part of your chip on your shoulder is because of that. A little bit. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Right. It's like everything. Like you carry. I carry. So like it's like I didn't make the McDonald's game. I had a chip from that. I didn't do that. Like, I didn't go to Carolina. I had a chip from that. It's like, I got to school and it's like, you're not a pro. I had a chip from that. It's like you, like you build those chips up. And that's what I was saying. Like, when you win an NBA championship, it's like all those chips fall off. They, they really do. Cause it's like, there's no, this is it. This is Mount Olympus. It's like, this is it. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, like, I wasn't just like on the roster and, like, I put blood, sweat, and tears into playing 38, 39, 40 minutes a game into winning something like this. Like, this is it. So, a follow-up to that, I'm not trying to be like a psychiatrist, but those chips you're talking about, yeah. some guys, and I, I think some guys have talked about this, they create these imaginary sort of snubs because they need that motivation, yes. right? In your case... You're saying all that stuff fell off. So you were carrying around all that stuff, all of it, the whole time? Every last one of them. Yeah. Every one of them. Does it's it, like, does it worry you now that you don't have them on? on you it's, listen, man, I've never been so light in my life, JJ. Listen, I'm walking right here. <laughs> I'm so light. No, no, seriously. And then, like, 
with the chips, right? It's like you got to go through like <clears throat> I had to go through like the levels of the league too at the same time, right? Like it's like, all right, I got back. Okay, once you get back, you got to stick, right? What do I got to do to stick? So you, you figure out how to stick. Uh, then I start, I went from being in the rotation to being a starter, right? Now I'm in a starter. Now what do I got to do to continue to be a starter and to get paid, yeah. right? And it's like level, like each, 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 and those chips are still building because you're still going through shit as you're building yourself, right? Like I'm still, I got to be a better shooter. I got to defend better. I got to, you know, every every little thing. Like you, it's, they, they just mount up. You you brought up that 2005 2006 Texas team. I did I bring I don't earlier. I don't. I, I, we've, we've talked I about it one other time on this show. We talked I about it with it Kevin. It doesn't really come up. I, it's not like <laughs> we talk about it. Katie, Katie brought it up. Oh my when came on. God. Oh Kevin. Kevin Katie, brought it up Katie when he came on the show. This is single. He, all right, he, said, this. he said he was at that game. This is single, like hands down, the number one thing in my career through everything that I've got killed the most about. <laughs> Number one. Oh, number uh, uh, mind you, JJ had his best game of his college career that game. Like JJ went absolutely it was like almost like <laughs> I don't well, I don't know. What was up with you? It was like you were mad at us or something. I don't know. JJ went crazy on us. Yeah, like 46, 44. Four, I had 41. Was he 41? talking? Well, I, we're gonna get to that. Hold on, let's see. We're gonna get to that. We're gonna get to that. So there was a I had remember Adam Morrison used to play like late at night. And I had watched his game either the night before or on Thursday night, but that at some point that week. And I was watching him shoot. And you know how he had the ball off to the side a yes. little bit? Yes. But it was really high off to the side. Yes. And at the time, I was more straightforward. And I remember a warm up that day, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try, I'm going to move my shooting pocket just ever so slightly aside. I'm not going to exaggerate it like Adam, but just ever so slightly. And I shot a few in warm-ups, and I was like, oh, fuck, this feels good. <laughs> and then, like, the, bo the ball boy looked at me, and he said, how many are you going to have tonight? And I said, for sure, 30 or 40. It feels that good right oh now. Oh, my God. And I actually missed my first two shots that game, and I was undeterred because it felt so good. <laughs> so at the end of the game, towards the end of the game, T PJ didn't – like, he wasn't really guarding me for most of the game. I didn't. For some reason, towards the end of the game, it was already a blowout. He starts guarding me, and he's doing the PJ stuff. You know, he's not letting me cut. He's cutting me off. He's shoving me. He's talking to me. I grabbed a rebound. He's tickling me and doing all this. I don't know, just all this weird shit. <laughs> and it was, it was apparent that he was trying to get under my skin. Obviously, he was frustrated. You know, I'm not – I don't hold it against you to this thousand percent. <laughs> And I don't remember exactly how the story goes, but I got fouled. I had 39. We were up 30. And he's yapping at me at the free throw line. And, like, as I'm shooting my free throw, I said something to him. I think what I said was, PJ, I've got 40, and you're down 30. Why the fuck are you talking? Something like that. <laughs> it was something to that degree. It was something to that degree. It was. It was definitely. My, hey, listen, my friends destroyed me about this. And I, I'm not going to lie, for a year, I was so mad Ken Paulino wanted to guard you. Like KP, he wanted he wanted to guard you. And then every like, I'm like, dude, all right, cool. Like, mind you, they got a bunch of other really good guys too. Like, he couldn't, like, you couldn't just hone in on JJ because he's, I mean, yeah, two of the best screeners. I mean, nobody screened like Sheldon. Like Sheldon Williams would just kill people. Elite screener. Oh, God. The Did only you? thing that bothered me that game, though, was that they put it this walk. I had like 33 in the second half, and at one point, we're taking the ball out underneath and they make a substitution and they put this guy JD Carey. Yep. Was that his name? JD. It was a walk on. And they put him on me for one play. Yeah. 
and I scored, and I lit into your bench going back down the court. Oh, man, I was you so went crazy on the bench. Oh, you were crazy on the bench. You put a white you guy know, on me. You know, I can't you, re- you put dude, a white guy on me. You retired our black uniforms, huh? You know about that? Yeah, I do. We were because well, so- I'm close with Toddy, with Todd Wright. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so he, there you go. All right, yeah, Toddy's he bring, my, he brings hey, up Toddy, the hey, Toddy's the one. He's the best. Toddy's like, get those fucking uniforms out of here. <laughs> we were so high. Like, they told us we got these new black Nike Elite. We see him. We're like, oh, my God. We're going crazy. What shoes are going to wear with him? And warm up. So, like, oh, we ran him against Duke, man. Like, we were so hyped. And they blitzed this, man. We I did not see that uniform ever again. They got rid of Did him you guys run into each other in between this and the Bentley? Did you see each other at all? Oh, in the, in the NBA. Yeah, yeah. I saw them at the Sweet 16 because we were in the same bracket. Same bracket. So we would have played in the Elite Eight. We lost to LSU. Then they lost to LSU in the, in the Elite Eight game. Yep. So I saw him and then I saw him in the NBA. Yo, I see Jay. But like, I was like, the thing about PJ, I've always had respect for PJ. Yeah, we've always, always. been. We've been we played, always we, been we played against each other in college too yep. before that. My sophomore year. Before that sophomore year, yep. So yeah, it's always been respect, man. It's, yep, yep. You know, yo, you know, it's um, and I, I just thought about it when you um, I didn't finish that uh, the Carolina thing. It, it's crazy because uh, I go to Texas, you know, and I'm playing pretty good at the beginning. We get to the NCAA tournament in second round. I see it when we, they do the brackets. I see it. Um, we got Carolina Sweet Sixteen in Denver. What year? This is 04? Oh, 04. We got Carolina. Uh, this is the year before they won it. Yeah. Raymond, uh, Kansas, yeah. everybody, the whole team. And uh, I had like 14 and 12. We beat Carolina. Um, that was the first game I ever cried. Like, I, I cried, like, real, like, I, I was so emotional. It was crazy. And that's how, I, that's why I knew, like, I really, it bothered me. Like, I really was mad I didn't go to Carolina. But beating them in Denver, Roy's, Roy's first year, and, uh, I will never forget, I was last in the, you know, shaking hands. And, uh, we got, so I got to Roy, and, uh, Roy grabs me. And he pulls me close, and he goes, if you were here, if I were here, you'd be here right now. And that, like, I was, it was like, all right, I'm good. Like, it was like the, and you I don't know needed, why Roy, and I love Roy. That. Roy's my, like, one of my favorite people. Roy Williams is awesome. Uh, but it was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. The emotions of the show. It's, it's crazy. The emotions of the show, Tommy. <laughs> I was, I wanted, PJ, I wanted to ask you about, your current situation um a just sort of like your initial thoughts but then also like we were talking about this uh before we started taping like this team is a we obviously you know love a bunch of guys in this team and everything like that it's a lot of guys with with the chip on their shoulder you were talking about it's a lot of guys that are kind of like mean motherfuckers who you kind of don't want to run into in a big game because they've been there before and and they'll they'll punch you in the mouth was that a part of the reason of why you ended up here? No doubt about it. This year, like I mean, Jay, like you said, we were talking before, and um, being free uh, and being like my 16th year, like I gotta have some kind of purpose, and I gotta want to be out there, right? Like if I, I can't just play basketball anymore. Um, and this situation, like handpicking it, like this was like, okay, I like that. Like I like me and that and that like that just that whole makeup. It's like, like yeah, I like that, you know. And it's 
not just that, right? It's not just like because there's a lot of chippy guys and the tough. Like it's like smart chippy guy. Like it's guys that got a chip on the shoulder, but they they play really hard. I know they're gonna. I know we're gonna play hard. No matter if we win, lose, or draw, we're gonna give everything we got every night. I know that one thousand percent. I've been on teams where I couldn't say that, right? Like you've been. I played with guys. It's not like that. Um, and that's all I ask. Like, if we going out there and we just together, you know, we going and we mobbing and we together and we playing together, it's our style of play too, right? Like, the way we move the ball is crazy. <laughs> Kyle's throwing, like, full court passes to Jimmy and Jimmy's, like, turning on layups to make sure if you haven't got a shot that you're going to get a shot. Like, it's like guys really care and, you know, being like that foxhole thing together. So, um, it's been fun. Like, it was still early in it. Like, we still haven't, you know, figured it out, but it's been fun, like, the whole process of – of all of it, uh, still fun. How many times have you heard the word heat culture since you? I have here? heard heat culture. <laughs> I don't think I think I've heard my I've heard PJ a few thousand times. I've heard heat culture probably like a hundred thousand oh, already. Oh, already. you're so heat culture. <laughs> I say, you know, I went to try to save a ball the other night, <laughs> Milwaukee game. I go to save this ball, and you know me, like I I like jump in the crowd, and uh, next morning I get up, I'm already practice, and I see like. Twitter like trending heat culture with the picture of like my feet like hanging in it. I'm like that. almost di- like I almost got hurt, but it's like heat culture. <laughs> so annoying. We've been accused of uh, being a Miami Heat podcast during the oh, bubble. We were accused uh, of that all last well, fall. Man, many, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything about the heat culture. I'm not gonna say anything about it. Many of our best guests on the show come from are your teammates. We obviously do a show with Duncan, right? But Jimmy. Jimmy comes on every once in a while and Jimmy's just decides to, that dude is to light it up. To bless us. Um, all right, PJ, we appreciate the time, man. This was awesome. This was a good awesome, catch up. Man. Thank you for the, uh, being open and honest, man. This was great. <laughs> Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. There's one thing that my life as a professional athlete has taught me. It's the importance of a good night's sleep, and my sleep has improved big time ever since we started using a Helix mattress. Everybody is unique and sleeps differently, which is why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from. We selected a Helix model with a more responsive foam that cradles the body for essential support in stomach and back sleeping positions, which is great for anyone struggling with back pain. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10- to 15-year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. And right now, Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com JJ and use code HELIXPARTNER20. That's HELIXPARTNER20. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Again, that's Helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash JJ. Use code HELIXPARTNER20. All right, let's get to our convo and the draft with 
our friend Shea Serrano. Three, two, one, lift off. Top five. All right, let's welcome in friend of the pod, three-time New York Times bestselling author, Shea Serrano. Shea, what's good, my man? What up? What is up to you? A hottest man in publishing right now. Oh, please. Come on. Get out of here. Get out of here, you two. Honestly, though, I'm not trying to flatter you, but it has been quite the week for you. First of all, your new book is out, Hip Hop and Other Things, Mm -hmm. which follows movies and other things, which followed basketball and other things. I feel, first of all, I feel like this... This is like a this is like an en- endless game that you can play right now. <laughs> There's so many different ways, blank and other things. You're smart, savvy, funny, witty, all that stuff. You just need to deep dive on any topic, plug and play. It's a plug and play. It's chicken noodle soup for the soul, but it's that or blank for dummies. That's all that is. You plug in one word. It doesn't matter what it is. The template works. There's an, there's an audience for whatever thing it is you want to do. Was there anything you really learned? Because you knew a ton about this topic, obviously, before you said to write this book. Was there anything in your research or just in your thought process of putting it together that you were really surprised by? There was a bunch of stuff because you don't know the stuff that you need to know until it's time to know it. You know what I'm saying? And like if you want a little cool, fun fact, you know the Public Enemy logo? with the sniper rifle and there's a silhouette of a guy in there. The guy that they use for the silhouette is the same one. If you want to see him in person, you watch the LL Cool J I'm bad video. And there's a part where a guy takes LL Cool J's jacket off for him. It's the same guy. That's the guy who was in the thing. Like you learn little, little stuff like that. I think my overall like favorite story that I learned, like an actual big thing that came up while I was researching was for the Missy Elliott chapter and I had no idea. Everybody is familiar with Missy Elliott from like Super Duper Fly forward because that's when she announced herself. She had the rain video where she's in the big leather outfit, the like iconic Missy Elliott outfit. Um, I didn't know the stuff that led up to that. She had been like a she had been like a, a songwriter, producer, whatever. She was doing stuff in the background, and she did a she wrote a song for Raven Simone, and when they we're filming the video for the song. She had a little part in it, but they didn't tell Missy they were doing the video. They replaced her with like a skinnier woman with lighter skin. And they told her, Hey, you just didn't look right. And so she goes from that into doing super duper fly four years later, after she has like built her name up. And the very first thing she chooses to show everybody is like an exaggerated version of all of the things that they told her were bad. She's like, here I am. I'm in the center of the screen in this giant inflatable suit. You're looking right at me. And I'm just telling you, she says it 10 times in a row. Me, I'm super duper fly, super duper fly. 10 times she's telling you while showing yourself. And you realize like that was very much like a fuck you move. I made it. Here I am. That kind of stuff. Like when you learn those sorts of things, that that was super cool. Just based on that anecdote, I'm hooked on the book. I'm ready for this. There you go. We're in, baby. We're in. Um. The other amazing thing that has happened that you guys announced is that uh, you have a television show. Oh, yeah. Is it basically greenlit? It got bought? Like, tell it, explain it. It's called Primo. Uh, explain the show. What's going on? Okay, so we'll do the, the template of the show first. It's about a kid set uh, who lives in San Antonio. He's a high school junior, and he has just found out 
that he has a chance to become the first person in his family to graduate high school. Like he's sitting down with a guidance counselor and she's explaining to him, you know, I think you can do this. And so it's him. He, he, he tells his mom, he lives with his mom and the, there's no dad in the picture. The dad is gone, but she has five brothers. So he has five uncles, all of, all of whom have different personalities, different thoughts on life. Um, and they all have an idea of what his future should look like from here going forward. So picture the analogy that we use when we were pitching the show was if you're driving a car and you have five people reaching at the steering wheel, trying to get you to go down a certain street, right? That's what the show is. I'm doing it with, with Mike Sure, the genius television Legend. guru, um, The Office, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Parks and Rec the good place like every good show that you saw on tv for the last 10 15 years that was his show um so it's going to be uh, in that sort of humor um and we start shooting it next year it got green lit we're doing season one which is really exciting we'll start shooting it next year and then who knows when it you're going to be able to go on amazon on like yeah, their crazy. streaming service and there's going to be a little box that says primo on there with some mexicans in it and you click it and you get to watch the show it's gonna be nuts are you excited for so the casting nuts. i'm super excited i'm also terrified um i don't you know all of this stuff is now new i had done everything up to this point before i've never done this part of it so now we have to cast this thing we have to hire like um set location people and do whatever like i don't know what what happens here i'm swimming with a blindfold on but that's why you have mike he knows all of this stuff what was the uh, inspiration for the show? Where, where did you sort of source this idea from? Oh, well, you see, I grew up in San Antonio and I have five uncles, all of whom were trying to get me to do the thing <laughs> they, that, that, that they wanted me to do when I was about to be the first one in my family to graduate high school. So there you go. That's, how, that's the genius level of brainstorming that we're dealing with here is I was just like, oh, I was actually ho I was actually hoping you answered it that way. I honestly no. I mean, this is that's that's real, man. And and I, truthfully, Shay, I, I'm asking you for a promise. Let's assume in five years you're big time now, but let's assume in five years mm -hmm. we're still doing the pod. Will you promise mm -hmm. in five years you'll still come on the pod? Absolutely, you're not. gonna I be can't so wait. fucking. I can't big wait. Time. <laughs> I can't wait to be too good for this. So for no, this I say five years, <laughs> it's six months. No, it, it's the second the show gonna premieres. Be, he's gonna, gonna, yeah, yeah. He's gonna have forgotten about us. The in other time the, in five years. The, the other thing is, you got to put at least one of us in this show. We made Adam McKay. Adam McKay came on, and he's doing this Lakers show, and we made him promise uh -huh. to write JJ a part in the show. It hasn't happened yet. It hasn't happened. We'll see. We'll see. But he did say to us that he would. We are, we're going to get JJ in there some sort of way. Tommy too. Tommy, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because I, I try to bring, I try to bring this up every couple times that Shay comes on, but basically as an exchange or as sort of like a, a, a penance or like a, a gift back for talking about my genitalia in basketball and other things, <laughs> yeah. I think I deserve. That's a I feel fair like that's trade. A, that's a fair trade. That's More a fair than trade. trade. More than fair. Every, Every every time that I write a book or write anything, I just assume nobody is ever going to read it. And I remember when so when somebody tagged JJ on Twitter, and then he responded to it, and I was like, "Oh, this is before we had ever talked." And I was like, "Oh shit, he read that thing about his penis in the book." And the book has JJ. The book has sold like two hundred thousand copies, so a lot of people read it. 
a lot of people. The president, <laughs> President Obama read it. Yeah, wasn't it, was it on his end of year favorite books? <laughs> yes, that's probably why. He probably read it and was like, I agree with Jay on this. I'm going to put this on my list. <laughs> that sold him. It's too good. All right, let's get to the... <laughs> Let's get to the, by the way, I just want to say one thing, dude, all this stuff couldn't happen to a better guy. Congrats on it. You know, Tommy and I are always in your corner. You, you deserve all of it, man. We're so happy for you. We're so happy happy too. Thank you. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get to the draft. Uh, the topic which Shay chose, it is so ridiculously open-ended. Such a a good topic. Is (laughs) movies where someone makes a terrible mistake. Yeah. Let's get can into be interpreted it. Interpreted a number of ways. Let's get into it. All right. Let's talk Jay, about you, it. <laughs> you know how this goes. You get Jay, the first pick. Start it up. Okay. I'm gonna just I'm gonna win with my first pick immediately. I never even when y'all say I lose, I know that I won is what we're dealing with here. Okay. I was think I was thinking about it because here's the thing. If we were doing like a basketball related thing, we would all have to defer to JJ Reddick. A lot of wait, has, a lot of caveats already. JJ, he hasn't even made the pick, and he's already because listen, because JJ is like he was a professional basketball player for a number of years. To his his life has revolved around it. We would have to assume JJ knew better than us if we were doing like something that had to do with uh, networking, with creating alliances in the shadows, moving around. We would have to defer to Tommy Alter because that's Tommy Alter's life. Every connection that you ever saw had to do with that. If we're talking movie stuff. I'm fucking blowing y'all off the court. I'm the number one New York Times bestselling author with a movie book. The only one in this chat. I win. All right. All right. I don't know where this. I don't know where this pick is going. I don't know. I don't know where this. I don't know where this pick is going. But I'm not confident was, at this point. Let's go. Let's line it up. Too much goodwill. I was trying to wipe it away. Okay. Here's my pick. Here's my pick. Number one pick. This is a lock. We're talking a horrible, horrible mistake. Casey Affleck in Manchester by the Sea. Have you have, have y'all watched this movie? Oh my yeah, god! Dude, that's the most okay. depressing yeah, pick I've ever such fucking a heard. Dark pick, dude. Oh <laughs> we're my going, god! We're getting straight into the deep water. He's he's drunk at night. He builds a little fire for himself in the fireplace. Forgets to put the guard up. Goes walking to the corner store to get some beer. One of the logs rolls out. His house catches on fire, and he kills his three children. His three tiny elementary school age children. A terrible, terrible mistake. The, it's as bad as it gets. That's the worst oh mistake. So did you come up with this? Did you come up with this topic just so you could pick the most depressing That's possible movie scene ever as your first pick? Yes. I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to If he's going to zig, I'm zagging. Whatever. <laughs> you're, it's, a good, it's a fine pick. Technically, it fits the description of the category. It's go. just... All right. I'm starting off... Um, uh, Carlito turning Benny Blanco down for a drink. And Carlito's oh. way. Ends nice. up with a with a bullet nice. in the chest. He, All he had to I, do was he, take the drink. It's maybe better if you have him if the if the regret is not killing Benny Blanco in the alleyway. Like he knew he was supposed to die. He even says it. But he was trying to turn a new, turn over a new leaf. He's trying not he to was. be a killer anymore. He was. Man. What a great pick. What a great pick. All he had to do what was show respect pick, and he would Tommy be alive. Officer. Oh my God, John Leguizamo is incredible as as incredible, Ben Incredible, incredible. All right, JJ. Can can someone exp- what? Can someone explain Carlito's way to me? Because I may have watched it in college, but I do. I could. I can't like place the you, plot of that I, movie. I think you should watch it tonight. Honestly, it's really good. It's an, it's an amazing it's really movie. Good. It's, it's Al Pacino. 
as a Puerto Rican or something. <laughs> and, yeah. and he's, he's like, he's, he wants to not be a criminal anymore, but he keeps being pulled back in. The part that Tommy is talking about, he meets the new young drug dealer who's running shit. The new him, basically the him before he and, got out of jail. And this guy, John Leguizamo as Benny Blanco, he's super aggressive, super assertive. And he just sort of makes Carlito mad. Carlito bonks him in the head with a gun. That goes tumbling down the, st- the stairs. Benny Blanco's like, you better kill me. Cause if you don't, you're, you're fucking dead. And Carlito decides not to kill him. And then the movie ends, you forget about Benny Blanco and he pops up in the last second in the oh, disguise yeah. and he shoots yeah, Carlito. Right, when, right when Carlito's about to leave town. Right him. when he's about to get away with the money and the, and the girl and they're going to be off on the beach. Nope. Yep. Pop, pop. Yep. See, see, this is why this topic is such a weird topic because mm-hmm. the plot you just described, mm-hmm. I could think of like 50 movies where something similar to that happens. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Seems, right? seems like you got a lot of options for picks then. I don't have that many <laughs> options. I was I had a little bit of like a brain freeze this afternoon. I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with um, Titanic and everyone who got on the boat. That was a horrible <laughs> mistake. Okay, <laughs> that works. That works. That's a good one. That's, yeah, a, good that's one. a good one. And I really I'm gonna. You guys are not gonna be surprised by one of my picks because I'm I know I'm gonna get this pick. Um, I'm going to go with Raiders of the Lost Ark when at the very mm-hmm. end of the movies when the Nazis opened the ark. That was a fucking horrible mistake. <laughs> like there's no, there might not be a worse way to die than the way they died. Nazis are awful. They're always doing terrible shit every single time. Like both of those picks. Yeah. All right. Um I think number 2 I'm going to go uh Go to Europe, go to the country of Italy, and say Dickie inviting Tom Ripley to hang out with him. Oh, oh, <laughs> talented nice. Mr. Ripley. Oh, nice. That's a good not, one. And not not pushing him away. What a wonderful movie that is! It's so yeah. much fun to just watch it over and Such over. Such a good. That's a I good agree. every six month movie. I agree. Fucking Philip Seymour Hoffman pulling up in the car. Oh, forget about it. Who's had a better entrance? Classic. By the way, I don't want to spoil anyone's pick, but when you guys mentioned you were going to draft or that I should watch Carlito's Way, I'm definitely watching I Know What You Did Last Summer. I haven't watched that movie in like 10 years. And when Uh I was Googling poor movie decisions, that's the the one that kept coming up. (laughs) Okay. All right. I'm up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Two. Let me get. Let me get. Let me get. First one. Let me get my guy Sam Jackson talking cash money shit in front of the opening where the sharks are in deep blue sea, and then immediately getting eaten by the shark. You got too close, Sam. You got too close to the water, and you so got. I, I that. never. I never saw deep blue sea. Is it worth seeing? Oh my yes. god! Yes, it's, it's amazing. It's incredible. Incredible. Okay. It's incredible. That's one of the greatest movie deaths ever. The sharks have escaped. It's they're smart sharks, by the way, Tommy. Sharks with giant brains, so they know what to do. And Tom and Samuel L. Jackson is given the speech of his life. Why here's why we're gonna get out of here. And then immediately a shark comes out of the water and just bites him in half. It's great. There's my pick. Next one, one more. You know who you know who made a terrible mistake? This is a small mistake that will haunt him for the rest of his life. Nick Dunn and Gone Girl. The mistake is cheating on Amy Dunn. You cheat on Amy Dunn. You find out she's a total psychopath and it, it results in the guy getting murdered. His, thr- his throat slit. And also 
you have a, she surprises you with a baby that you have with her and you're just going to have to live your whole life with one eye but are, open. But are you sure that to murder you too? Are you sure that he wasn't into it the whole time? That those two I'm weren't not, perfect. I'm those not, two were not perfect for each other. I'm, so is it is I'm it a not. mistake? I don't. I, I it can't not be a mistake, Thomas. It can't not be a mistake. I like it though. It's a good pick. Great movie. Thank you. Great all book. Right. Great great book. Great movie. Um. All right. My third pick. A uh, very topical pick based off of what's going on in the country and the world today and this week. Eduardo not moving to the bay. Uh. With Mark Zuckerberg, oh, good social one. network nice. costs himself a lot of money. Nice, <laughs> nice one. That's a this really good social pick. Networks, by the way, you know what? I'm I'm actually not surprised you made that pick, given that it's your favorite movie of all time. I, Shay, can you back me up that Social Network is one of the best movies ever made? It's the second best movie of the decade that it came out. It only loses to Get Out. Get Out is the only movie better. It's better than There Will Be Blood. Are you counting it in 2000 to 2010 or 2010 to 2020? 2010 to 2020. Okay. I wouldn't say it's the second best because Interstellar obviously came out in 2014. <laughs> but <laughs> Okay. But, I hope you got a pick from there. I hope it's going, going, to, going to get Matt Damon. It's coming. It's coming. Right. Some, I mean, something. I, I, look, I, I could save it. I could save it. But I think we should just go with it right now. So when the crew decides to go to um, Miller's planet and Cooper tells uh, Bran to get back on the ship and not inspect the wreckage and she goes mm -hmm. after and two things happen. Number one, mm -hmm. Doyle dies. Mm -hmm. And number two, the ship floods, which wastes like an hour and a half or whatever it is. In the movie time, it's like 10 minutes, but in real life, it's like an hour and a half. Right. And then they get back on the main ship, and Romilly has wasted 22 years of his life. Oh, man. Brand's oh, decision oh, man. had some major ripple effects on that. <laughs> what a Major decision. ripple effects. Terrible decision. Oh, my God. Oh, my so God. So I'm, I'm going to throw Interstellar there. Um, you guys have seen the movie It, right? Of course. Yeah. So you know the yep. opening scene when Georgie... Here's the voice. Oh, Georgie, and he follows what are the you sailboat. doing? Get away, George. He follows the sailboat and he looks in and he gets sucked in. I'm going to say the worst decision in that movie is his older brother, Bill, making the sailboat. That was a fucking okay. bad decision. Wow. <laughs> he got his brother put, killed. He got his brother killed. You're putting it killed. on Bill. All right. You put, you put, I like put it. I like, the speci I like the specificity. Yeah. The it's weight a, of his dead younger brother falls right <laughs> on the Bill's shoulders for making him a sailboat. To play with in the rain. Can I? Not can I say, Can I make an observation? This draft has been pretty strong Please. so far. Yeah. Gener yeah. Generally, I may, I maybe I'll tank it in the last two just to mix, <laughs> just to mix it up a little bit. But generally, at this point, especially with this trio, it, we, we're, we're by by pick number two. It's, <laughs> it's, it's falling apart. The, yeah, with the it's, exception of Shay's downer, <laughs> Debbie Downer first pick, everything else is like on point. Oh man, we're all we're right. all over it. All right, I I actually th was worried this was going to go earlier. Uh, I'm going Jerry Lundgaard from Fargo, hiring those morons to kill his wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. then everything okay. goes to shit. All right, all right, that's, that's good. That's okay. That's good. That's okay. It's a, it's a great a, movie. A, it's it's objectively a great movie, and it's a terrible decision in every way. And the yeah. ramifications of what happens when he hires them and all the people. Okay, just I would I all recommend right. everyone who's not seen that movie watch that movie. It's a it's a fun movie to watch. Am I up? 
Yeah, you got yep, last two. Up. Close it. I got the I got my last two. All right. Yeah. Here we go. Um, I try to I'm trying to work this movie in every time I come on the show now. This is my new thing. Dangerous minds. The principal, <laughs> Emilio. Emilio goes to talk to the principal to tell him, hey, this kid's gonna kill me, but he doesn't knock on the door. The principal sends him away. In my school, we knock on doors. And then of course, Emilio ends up getting murdered by the kid who he said was gonna murder him. What a horrible decision. What a horrible principal he is. Wait, you're saying Terrible. the bad decision was not knocking on the door or the bad decision? No, was no, by no. The, the bad decision was a principal not recognizing. Morgan Freeman and Lean on Me would have never let this happen. Never. Facts. Never. That was a good principal. Who's your favorite uh, movie principal, Shay? Morgan Freeman and Lean on Me because he just yeah. cared so much. What about and the then guy? He just talked so much shit, too. What about the guy in Ferris Bueller? Oh, no, he's awful. No, that, but that's not, he's not the principal. He's the dean of students. Ferris Bueller? No, he's not. He's the principal. He's the dean of students. I'm not going to disagree with Shay on this one. There's no dean of students in a in a high school in a public high school like that. You would think you would think he would know better, JJ. No fucking way. I'm going to look it up up right now. Look it up, Shay. Can we bet on Cash App? Bet two thousand (laughs) dollars. Ed Rooney, Principal Rooney. Mm-mm. Watch the movie. Not this is dean, a mistake. Not dean of students, the, Rooney. It's Principal Rooney. Watch, they call him Principal watch, Rooney. No, watch the movie when he calls the mom. That's what he says. There's a nameplate on his desk that says it too. It's on Netflix right now. Go so, watch it. All right. So honestly, there's a possibility that we're both right because FerrisBueller.fandom.com. I feel like that's a site dedicated to Ferris Bueller fans. Everybody says, says it's Principal Rooney. I think I Ed think, Rooney I think, is the dean of students and the main antagonist. You. Yeah. Thank you. Go to the I'm Wikipedia actually with page. Shay on this one. I'm with dean Shay. Okay. Students. When I Google Ferris Bueller's Mr. Rooney pleads guilty in sex case on CBS News, it says the actor who played Principal Ed Rooney. Principal that's Ed Rooney. Okay. They put fake stuff on the internet. Uh, you can C- find a CBS news is fake news now. No, I'm saying they get stuff wrong. Is what I'm saying. They get it wrong. I don't, uh, you don't go to CBS news to get your okay. movie. All right, we've gone. We've, we've, dean we've, of we've gone off the rails. You owe me, you owe me $2,000. I'll pay you on cash. <laughs> out. All right. You got your last All right. One. My la- my last pick. Yeah. We're going to close it out the same way we started with just something dark and horrible, dark <laughs> and horrible. Here we go. The son in the movie Hereditary taking his younger sister to the party. And then it ends with her having an allergic reaction to the cake she eats and then getting her head knocked off while he tries to drive her home fast and he loses control of the car. A telephone pole knocked this poor girl's head off. There you Honestly, go. Shay, it's pretty weird that you have two picks with dead kids in, out of your five. Because it's as bad as it gets. <laughs> oh, he pointed out in the chat the ending of Mist. Oh, that's great. That's a great pick. Have y'all seen the Mist? Yeah. Well, it's oh not God. Chris, well, you can't you can't Chris, provide. We're not, we're not done drafting yet, <laughs> Chris. You gotta drafting. wait till we're done. <laughs> Only Shay is done drafting. I want to change mine. I'm gonna go with the pick of the mist. <laughs> you know what? You it's not it's not a bad pick. Just, I just it's just like, dude, I mean, you're fucking dark, just like whatever. The guy in the right, mist would have waited 25 I'm going seconds. The, I'm going the opposite. This. I'm going the opposite right. for my fifth okay. pick. I'm going okay. uh, Warner dumping Elwoods and Legally Blonde. It's my fifth pick. That's true. I knew, I knew That's you were going to get cute. Massive mistake. Cute. I cute. Oh, I, I thrashed, I I thrashed this draft. You, you had a great fucking draft. I thrashed this draft. That is and a, then that like, is a, that no, is you had a great draft. That is a and massive we get to the fourth mistake. round. And it's like, 
Okay, yeah, no, that's a fine pick. And then we get to the fifth round, and it's just are you saying that dumping Elle Woods before she went on that crazy run that she went on was not a mistake? (sighs) Wow. I think in all of the other ones, lives were ruined. (laughs) I'm sorry, I didn't didn't find a movie where a kid dies. The best best, who's responsible. Best case scenario in all of the other picks was you lost 22 years of your life. That was the best that you could have hoped for with all of the other picks. And here you come with like, oh man. I mean, sorry. Arguably worse than anything. The rich waspy <laughs> white guy is still a rich waspy white guy. <laughs> like that's, what a bad decision! I fucking unbelievable. I would, um, yeah. I'm very happy with that value. I would like I, to so, change one of my picks. My new pick is Tommy picking El <laughs> Woods in this. In this thing. <laughs> this is over, this is every third draft I get picked for this. I think that's a great pick. Oh I will not gosh. back down from that. All right. Stand up. Stand up to it. Okay. Guys, there's so many like just of great movies that we've we've just overlooked. And I just want to mention a few of them. I, I really do. Um, John Hammond's decision to create dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. I had that one on my list too. Thank horrible you decision. Horrible, horrible decision. Terrible. Um I would also put basically like there's twelve bad decisions in Prometheus. Um yeah, you're the, the, the astronaut. Don't fucking let the thing get on your face. What are you yeah, doing? Yeah, the decision by Meredith Vickers to run in a straight line as the as the ship is crashing. Just go to the right or the left. Go to the side. Go <laughs> to the side. It's pretty much easy. <laughs> um, and I have to shout this one out. I'm not going to draft it because I actually think I have a chance to win this draft. But the decision uh, by Mikey to call Nikki right after they met in Swingers. Horrible fucking decision. <laughs> yeah, you're Horrible right. That's a great decision. That's a great pick. You could have drafted that. Not everything needs to. Not everything. Can I just say, not every bad decision, not everything needs to be death and destruction. Like sometimes the most, the the, the worst decisions are things like that. Oh that are just yeah, actual natural that. decisions. That's, a, that's so. That, good, that's dude, a great dude. one. You should go with that one. <laughs> I'm gonna leave that one out because I actually like this other one better. But okay, okay. Let's say there's let's say there's an urban legend that there's this videotape oh. <laughs> and if you watch okay. the videotape uh-huh. mm-hmm. a girl crawls out of the screen and fucking kills mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and you make the decision to watch you that watch videotape <laughs> not a great hey, decision movie in. <laughs> it's called the ring it's called, it's the plot of the ring <laughs> yeah 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 hey put that movie on you heard the one where you die let's watch that Let's say Candyman. Five so times. everyone, oh, everyone yeah. in the ring, basically, that decided to watch yeah. that movie. Horrible decision. Naomi Watts. What are we doing here? Oh, man. Good pick. Good pick. Um, great. Solid Jay. draft, everybody. It was solid Super draft. Strong. We had 19 great or 14 great picks. 14 great picks. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. You know, I think it's going to be the most popular pick of all of these, of all 15. Oh, man. Shay, appreciate it, bro. Uh, Everybody go get <clears throat> hip hop and other things. Yes. Uh, do that. And I am still I think I'm still waiting on my copy. I'm not gonna buy I'm not gonna buy the book. So just I I'm still waiting on my I copy. Should, I you actually just, got okay. I actually got I got two. I got two sent in the mail, JJ. I'll send you one my extra. It'll, I'm not I'm not gonna express it, so it'll come maybe in like, you know, it's gonna be ten to twelve. <laughs> do it regular mail. Ten to twelve days. I'm only kidding. Up. I'm only kidding. Reason. Support support your boy Shay. Support your boy Shay. Thank you for coming on, bro. All right, y'all. Later. Later.
If you like The Old Man of the Three, you can listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Okay, so if you had a time machine, how far mm -hmm. in time would you need to go back to be a dominant basketball player of that era? <laughs> I need to go to when Bob Cousy was playing. Back I would, in the plumber 27 days? 27-year-old Shea would give Bob Cousy the f***ing business. <laughs> He's not guarding me. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondering. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the best. Each week, Shay and I are combing through all of the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling ones, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. Follow six trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Six Trophies ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.